What's going on, people? Uh, this is Brian Meadows back with another episode of the Angry Pastor podcast. And I'm going to be honest, I don't know how this is going to sound. Uh, I'm driving right now, so please pray for me. Well, by the time you hear this, prayerfully, I'm still alive. But I am having to do this while I'm driving. I have so much on my mind, so much on my heart, uh, so much that I want to talk about. Uh, and Actually, these may be a bit more eclectic. These next couple of episodes may be a bit more uh, artistic or just a bit more current event driven. Uh, I try to uh, really meet us or meet you uh, where current events and spirituality uh, intersect. And I think that that becomes a great platform for us to philosophize and uh, kind of... Um, prognosticate but uh other times there there are really specific maybe uh i don't know niche kind of subjects and topics that i just want to address and it may not be your flavor may not be your tea but i promise if you listen there's going to be something that you can take away from it and so uh this particular episode is entitled lebron james all right. Now, if you know me, if you hang around me, if you follow me on Instagram, um, uh, if you follow me any way, uh, you've probably come to know that I am a LeBron James fan. I, I love his work. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a fan of his artistry, the way he plays the game. Um, I think he's an overall sensational and uh, sometimes uh, just freakishly built athlete. And I think he's a he's a wonderful specimen and model of the current NBA. And I'll get to what that means in just a moment. Uh, but at the same time, I think that LeBron James um, uh, becomes a template for the things that irritate me about leadership, about pastors, about the church. Um, and I thought that this would be a phenomenal springboard to deal with a few things that just kind of get up under my skin. And so um, the current NBA season, the 2019-2020 NBA season is officially uh, underway. Uh, it got started October the 22nd, uh, which was just a few days away, a few days ago, excuse me. And um, it was headlined or the two games that were kind of shown was I think the Pelicans versus somebody. I can't really remember. Uh, but the highlight game was the Clippers versus um, the Lakers. And as you know, LeBron James is now a Laker. He started off being a Cleveland, a Cleveland Cavalier. And then he went to uh, uh, Miami in 2011, I want to say 2010, 2011. And then he went back to Cleveland. They end up winning that very, very amazing title against, uh, the Golden State Warriors. Um, and then he went to, uh, LA. And since he's been there, it's been just a, man, I really wish I had a, a bleep button, but I'm y'all going to get me to cuss on one of these podcasts, all right? I'm just going to let it rip. But um, uh, it's just been an absolute garbage show ever since he got to L.A. And of course, whenever you're starting something new, the scripture says, despise not the day of small beginnings, because whenever you're, you're starting anything, anything new, uh, anything fresh, anything innovative, you have to go through the beta stage. And it's only only if a product can survive the beta stage uh, that we know that it can be used uh, in society. And that's true of not just products and technology. It's also true of gifts and anointings. Every gift, every anointing has to go through a beta stage. It's a testing period. And so um, it could just be the testing period. And it is. And if it is, which it 
which it could be, right? Um, it's just been a year and a, and a game. They've only played um, uh, uh, one game this season. And uh, last year, of course, they didn't make the playoffs. So it's been a season and a game. And I wouldn't want anybody to judge me off of a season and a game. Uh, but if I was judging off of a season and a game, good God, man, this has been horrible. Um, uh, there have been flashes of the old LeBron, but sometimes I'm thinking that the old LeBron is gone and, um, and LeBron has kind of actually fell off. Uh, he won't get this. It won't show up and you won't see it because his gift is so much greater than those that he that he is around. Uh, but when you hold him up to his own level of uh, his own standard of greatness, you start to see kind of, you know, chinks in the armor. And so I wanted to use this particular episode to talk about what I call the LeBron James effect. Right. Uh, LeBron James is uh, the new specimen of the NBA. He's the he's like the new terminator. He's the new terminator machine. And what I mean by that and in actuality, he was the new Terminator machine, and now there's an entire new breed of AI. There's an entire new breed of robots uh, or athletes that are kind of beginning to reveal that LeBron James is beginning to fade into irrelevancy. So, before I get into all that, let me just kind of give you my journey into uh, the whole LeBron James world. So I didn't really grow up a basketball fan. I grew up uh, doing martial arts like most of you guys may know. Uh, I started doing martial arts at a very young age, um, just watching martial arts movie movies, imitating what I saw until my dad put me in a, a karate class. And that turned into a lifelong time of, of study. And uh, I've been to schools. I actually opened up my own school and had over 30 students. I mean, that's what I thought I was going to do. Uh, for the rest of my life and then I got saved uh, by a visitation from the Lord Jesus Christ and I became a believer I became a Christian and my life has been forever changed um, but uh, while I was growing up I did football I was more of a football person not really a football fan I just played football I played football and I wrestled and it was only until I want to say the 2012 finals that's when I really got into basketball I was old enough I think at this particular point to follow the game and to follow the storylines to understand the adult things that were happening both within the lines and both outside of the lines of the NBA game and uh, it just took on a different life for me I started to see it in a different way and I started following and of course at that particular time I think the Heat were playing up against uh, OKC Oklahoma uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder at that particular time James Harden was Russell Westbrook and uh Kevin Durant were all on the same team and they got smashed uh, by Dwayne Wade and uh, LeBron James, Chris, uh, Chris, Chris Bosh and so forth and so on. And but at that particular point, LeBron was at the height of his legend and uh, I fell in love with it. You know, um, I was used to, um, you know, when I did follow the NBA game, I was used to 
positions. I was used to somebody playing point guard, somebody playing shooting guard, somebody playing small forward, somebody playing, um, um, I was about to say big forward, but power forward, then somebody playing center. I was used to the positions, and that's one of the ways that you categorize gifts, by their positions. It's interesting to note that there are five positions on the on the basketball team, and that there are five positions in the five-fold function, the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. And while I won't kind of get into um, how they correlate with each other. That's a whole uh, a whole teaching and a whole podcast. But I will say that um, you know you get used to people playing their position. If they're a prophet, they prophesy. If they're an apostle, they build. If they're an evangelist, they hold tent meetings. If they're a pastor, they're a senior pastor over a church. If they're a teacher, they kind of travel. Maybe they're an itinerant minister, so forth and so on. And I got used to that uh, as it relates to basketball. I just got used to putting people in their categories and in their boxes. But when LeBron James came along, he was boxless. He was positionless. LeBron James could play point guard, shooting guard, uh, small forward, power forward, center. He could guard all of them and uh he was a basketball savant so it wasn't just about his physicality it was about it was about his cerebral approach to the game his intellectual approach to the game his strategic approach to the game and i like that because even though he was big he didn't necessarily win based on his bigness he could have but he didn't necessarily use what we thought his strength was there was another strength behind his strength and it made him a hybrid of sorts right he wasn't really a point guard but he wasn't he wasn't really a a power forward and he wasn't really a small forward he was kind of an amalgamation of all of these perspectives and all of these positions and all of these plays he was just this freakishly all-around great player and when it came to the whole Michael Jordan LeBron James debate honestly I've always been on the LeBron James side not because Michael Jordan wasn't great and not because he wasn't six for six in the finals not because um um you know uh, I don't know not 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 because Michael Jordan wasn't all that people said that he was um I don't think that he was a great teammate I don't necessarily think that he made everybody else around him better and maybe he did but just in a different way uh he held them to a standard you know I heard Kobe Bryant was that type of player he held people to this very very high standard and so Michael Jordan he kind of pretty much said hey you're gonna either shape up you're gonna uh, rise to the occasion or get out the way and that was kind of his mentorship method I don't necessarily agree with that uh but some people may um but I didn't necessarily see the whole Michael Jordan hype Uh, I I mean I I thought he was amazing I thought he was great Um, and maybe because I didn't grow up in that era in that era I was still very very young and I didn't remember it so it could be my generational bias and I can I can I can I can be honest about that but LeBron James for me has always just been the the embodiment of a great basketball player not just an individual player not just a scorer right not just uh, a shooting guard not just somebody who can put up buckets but somebody who cared about getting his teammates involved he cared about sharing the ball um but what has always bothered me about LeBron James which I think um, bothers a lot of people about LeBron James and some of the proponents of Michael Jordan being the GOAT, they use this, is that LeBron James really doesn't have uh, a killer instinct. It doesn't seem like he wants it. It doesn't seem, and again, I said seem, because somebody that comes from the inner city of Akron and and, and Ohio and they've come from a a one-parent home, 
you can't say that he hasn't been through anything. Right. You can't say that he hasn't overcome the odds. You can't say that he hasn't, uh, uh, um, you know, um, uh, beaten the statistics. You can't say that. And so I'm not going to try to uh, minimize or I'm not going to try to uh, demoralize his journey. I think that he has overcome some amazing odds. I think he's a phenomenal philanthropist. But sometimes when you look at him playing basketball, it's like it's like an arrogant entitlement. Like, hey, you need to just think I'm great. You just need to believe I'm great because I'm the chosen one i came from high school and i did a b and c and i ain't got to prove nothing to nobody and you don't you've done so much right i think you're a four-time mvp you got three uh nba championships uh you've been to the finals i don't know how many times straight eight or nine times just straight you've done some phenomenal things but that doesn't change the demand, right? If you're going to get on the court, we expect you to want it. We expect you to be hungry for it. We expect you to go after it. We expect you to be a dog. We expect you to be a lion. You know what I mean? And sometimes it feels like he don't care. Sometimes it just feels like he's like, look, I got my money. If I if I win, if I lose, this ain't really, I'm good. And um, that bothers me. That agitates me. As a matter of fact, it really gets gets on my nerve and I know if you're listening to this and you know me and know how much I love LeBron James you know that this is out of character for me um but I just got to be honest and I think sometimes uh we are so into the myth and into the legend of celebrities and men and women of God that we don't we don't sometimes just sit back and be like yeah bro that ain't biblical or yeah that ain't doctrinal or that ain't theological or that ain't coherent. That just don't make sense. I remember a little while ago, it was um, a very popular pastor who started just talking about how tattoos were biblical or something like that. And again, I'm not going to get into that debate right now. I've said it on a couple of podcasts. I'm going to do a whole episode about it. Um, but, you know, yeah, whatever. So if don't don't turn me off. This is not about tattoos. not about what you do with your body. It's your body. I know whatever. You, you know, you grown. Whatever. But. I remember him saying something and this person supposedly had a doctorate degree, you know, was a theologian and all this different kind of stuff. And uh, he said something like, you know, um, uh, nothing is wrong with um, uh, tattoos. You know, people are saying that something is wrong with tattoos because, uh, you know, it's the shedding of blood. But, he, you know, when you brush your teeth, your gums bleed. Is And I, and I was thinking, what? What do you when you brush your teeth and your gums bleed? That's accidental. But when you purposefully make cuts in your body and bleed, that's intentional. Like there's a difference between accidental and intentional. And when something is intentional, it has purpose behind it. It has energy behind it. Not saying that there was no, uh, you know, kinetic energy when somebody brushed their teeth or something like that. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that there was spiritual energy because there was both intent, focus, energy and you know effort that you know that, that that's a little bit different and I'm, I'm saying that to say that i think sometimes we just listen to people and we forget sometimes they don't know what oh i want to oh i want to curse i want to curse they don't know what they're talking about they just don't know what they're talking about sometimes i'm watching people on the news and i'm like they they don't really know what they're talking about they're making this up as they go along. And I'm not saying that we all don't do that, right? Uh, I've done it before when you just say, well, 35%, and, and I don't know the real statistics. I got to go and look at the real statistics. Yeah, I've lied. You've lied before too, right? 
So I'm, I'm not saying that we don't do that, but I'm saying, come on now, your whole life shouldn't be a lie. Like, like the preacher voice, the preacher voice. I, I like, I can't stand the preacher voice. Like, um, hello everybody, glory to God. Uh, we're gonna go ahead and get into the Word of God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shut up! Shut up! Like, why are you doing that? Like, who's getting off on that? Do you think that makes us think you're more anointed? The Bible say <laughs> what the Bible say. <laughs> oh God. Oh God. Oh God. I almost died. I almost <laughs> Jeez, hold on one second. I gotta give me something to drink. Gotta give me something to drink. Hold on. The devil is busy. I'm driving, choking. Yeah. Help us, Father. The, the, the Bible said, yeah. Now get this, hear me, I love it. I love hooping, so please, if you're a preacher and you're listening to me, uh, my friends, uh, Elder Mark Moore, Nate Green, um, uh, uh, Joel Tubman uh, is a phenomenal hooper. Uh, who else? Uh, I used to listen to this guy online, Taquan Sparks uh, is great. Um, but yeah, so people hoop. I love hooping. Hooping is great. Uh, so uh, my bishop be hooping. Uh, so I, I love hooping. But I'm just saying that sometimes, you know, when somebody is putting on a voice, uh, and then when they get home and they're like, yeah, bro, you know, so it's like, is that a performance? Like, what are you doing? Why do you do that? I'm, I'm serious. Like, why? Why? Sometimes I feel like because I don't have a preacher voice, I'm not popular. Like, I wish, like, and again, I think I do change my voice at certain times, but I think I change my voice. I mean, I got my degree in acting. If you didn't know that, I'm sorry, y'all. This Coke got me gassy. But I got my degree in acting, and and because of that, yeah, I I, I understand, uh, in, in, uh, you know, inflection. I understand tone and pitch and, and all of that different kind of stuff, emphasis and, uh, you know, repetition. And so I try to use that alliteration, um, all of that. I try to use that uh, to make my messages a bit more uh, captivating and a bit more um, demonstrative to demonstrate my point. Uh, but but not at any point am I, I guess, and sometimes, let me say this, sometimes I change my voice because I can't hit certain ranges, like if I scream or if I try to get low, because I can't hit certain ranges, I have to kind of manipulate my voice or change my voice to either sound high or sound low or scream or something like that. So sometimes, yeah, I'll do that, but I'm never trying to sound more intellectual. Uh, the Bible says that... Anyway, I'm going down that rabbit trail to say, you know, like I'm, I'm, sometimes I'm watching LeBron and, you know, he's, he's you know, let's go. You know, like he's ready to and then he, he get on the court and he be like, where you at, bro? Where you at? And it's like maybe social media has created these 
image-driven, um, um, uh, you, uh, you know, superheroes, where it's really not about your superpower, it's more about how you look in a superhero suit, and that's what I feel about a lot, uh, about a lot of pastors. A lot of these pastors, if it wasn't for social media, you would find out or you would realize how much of a punk some of these pastors are. It's like they can sound deep on a post, but they ain't even sleeping with their wives. Like they can sound deep on a post and they're not even, they're they're not even fasting. They don't pray. Like they can sound deep on a post. Help me. Right. Y'all like, like they can go off on you on Twitter, get in a face, bruh, get in a face. And they be like, well, I, I don't, well, you know, no, 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 no. Say what you said on Twitter. Say what you said on Facebook. Come on, right now. Say what you said. But you won't say it. Because you hide them behind that collar, that dress. You hide them behind uh, your title. You hide them behind them church people. Like, one of the things that, that, that really gets on my nerves about LeBron is that it's always everybody else's fault. Always. Like, like he the one that wants the ball all the time. He's the one that wants to shine all the time. He's going to get that interview. He's going to uh, wear his suit and do all that. But the moment something goes wrong, he's always pointing at somebody else on the court. If somebody makes a mistake, hoga, hoga. And yes, y'all are right. He's a crybaby. Let's just be honest. No matter what the referee say, he's going to cry. He's going to moan. You understand what I'm saying? And I love him. I think he's a phenomenal talent. I think he's one of the best to ever do it. But can you be one of the best and still be a... Fill in the blank. And I'm telling y'all, man, that's how some of these pastors are. They can never take responsibility. They can prophesy and prophesy. They can cuss people out in the pulpit. They so tough. When the anointing is there, pick up. They prophesy to people, land them out. They better go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Lord. They going in, right? The moment you call them to the carpet, you don't hear from them. They don't return the email. No text, no call. They can't be honest with you. They can't look you in the face and say, hey, I just want to let you know I'm stealing your member. Or, hey, I just I just want you to know um, I'm going to take your praise and worship leader or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, hey, just want you to know I'm going to steal your message. I'm going to preach what you've been preaching. Like, they can't, they, just, they can't just tell you. Oh, man. Okay, look. I, I, okay, I, I'm calming down. I'm calming down. Whoo. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. <laughs> you know those things that people do to, uh, like, calm down or something like that? I remember an episode of uh, Family Matters. Family Matters is my favorite show in the world. Um... And I was watching the episode of it, and it was an episode where uh, Carl supposedly went to the doctor for his anger problems, but he really didn't go to the doctor. Uh, he just went to the doctor long enough to get like a little book off the coffee table, and the book, you know, <coughs> would tell him to say, um, 
one, two, three, three, two, one. Or, or three, two, one, one, two, three. What the heck is bothering me? And, you know, the more he did it, the calmer he was supposed to get. But, of course, it didn't work. Um, but anyway, so LeBron James. Um, I think he's indicative. I think he's a model. I think he's a template, a template and a type for our generation of pastors. Um, one of the things I love about LeBron, but it also irks me as well, is the fact that he's everybody's friend. And maybe one of the reasons why he can't be a dog on the court or one of the reasons why he can't be super competitive is because he's everybody's friend. And again, we're in the body of Christ. We're not supposed to compete uh, against each other. Um, um, but there, used, there, there, there at least used to be a level of, of honorable honesty. Um, if you didn't like somebody, you didn't call them bro. Right? Like, if you didn't like somebody, you weren't all up in their face on their social media. Like, y'all, y'all got to talk to me about this, man. Like, what's up with these preachers? And again, because we're in the body of Christ, sometimes it's okay for men to act gay. Oh, God. Yeah, you heard what I said. I said sometimes because we're in the body of Christ, it's okay for men to act kind of feminine. Like, we, you can get away with it in the church because it's like we're so used to it or maybe... We don't really know how the Holy Ghost moves and we just think that when the Holy Spirit moves, it's going to make men feminine or feminine acting, effeminate, whatever the case may be. But please hear me. Please hear me. <clears throat> there's, no, there's nothing about the Holy Spirit that makes a man feminine. Being emotional is not feminine. Being sensitive spiritually is not feminine. Being an intercessor, loving to pray is not feminine. You don't have to be feminine to be a prophet. You don't have to grow your nails long to be a prophet. I don't even know what I was talking. I don't even know what I was about to say. That thing made me so mad. <clears throat> but, um, it, you know, it just, you know, I really don't remember what I was about to say. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like, anyway, I, I don't want to go on that rabbit trail. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to kind of cut that off. And if we have an opportunity to talk about that at a later time, we'll do that. But I guess what I'm saying is sometimes, sometimes LeBron be acting a little like, like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, a grown man, if you don't like something, you, hey, let me talk to you, bro. Let me talk to you. But it's only a female that don't like something and be like behind people back kind of chirping and, and never bring that, you know, to the forefront. Like, why you don't, don't bro me, man. If you know you talking about me, like, don't bro me. And that, that's kind of like these, this generation of pastors. We want to be everybody. No, this is what I was about to say. Like, you got to talk to me, y'all. Like, and again, I know we Christian and we want to support everybody. Yada, yada, yada. But you're a grown man. Why are you always under somebody post on Instagram? Like, 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 I don't want to, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, we used to call that something when I was growing up. And I'm just saying, like, you really kind of, like, slurping, okay, you kind of really, you really kissing their butt. Let me say that. Father, help me. 
Like every post they make, I'm talking about it's been up for 45 seconds and you already told us on, yeah, I see you pass. Come on, yeah, yeah. Like what do you want? So you preaching for them is that big. You being liked is that important. And again, we all have a little people pleasing in us, right? But goodness. So it's this whole likey, likey, like we gotta, everybody's gotta be friends. And my thing is, if everybody ain't gotta be friends, I'm good with that. But don't like act like you my friend or don't act like we good and you're talking about me or you're closing doors. I know preachers like that, bruh. I know pastors like that. They will text you. They will talk to you. All the while, they're telling people, don't invite him. Don't, inv don't invite him. He ain't got to worry. He can't close it. He can't hoop. I'd be really wondering like what people be saying about me. <coughs> I'm still choking from that. Good God Almighty. Oh. Mm -hmm. I'm telling y'all, one day, one day I'm just going to hoop. I'm just going to hoop. They're going to be like, oh my God, I ain't no Meadows could hoop. So, I need to do a poll, y'all. I need to do a poll. I want to start cussing more and using the N-word on the Angry Pastor podcast. But I need to know, is it going to offend y'all? <coughs> Goodness. Is it going to offend y'all? <laughs> I hear y'all already. Oh, God. Anyway, back to the topic. LeBron James. So I've just been I just been quietly observing for the past few years. Like, I don't know, man. Like I've had this conversation with Chris Broussard. If you don't have my app, you need to get my app. Uh, the Brian Meadows Ministry app. You can find it on uh, anywhere where apps are sold. You can find it. Download the app. It has some phenomenal content on there. But one of the shows I have on my app is called uh, Driving Miss Destiny. And another season of Driving Miss Destiny is coming very, very soon. Um, but on the last season, I had Chris Broussard. Now, Chris Broussard works for <coughs> uh, Fox Sports. He's uh, a regular on things like Undisputed. Uh, things like first things first, and so I, I love him. I I, I, I love him. I, I love his his mind, his perspective, and uh, we get a chance to hang out and talk. And hopefully one day, because he is a man of God, hopefully one day Chris Broussard can be on the Angry Pastor podcast, and we can talk about some stuff. I think that'd be awesome. Um, but you know, one day me and him were talking, and. On that episode on Driving Miss Destiny, we were actually talking about who was the best, who's the GOAT, greatest of all, all time, greatest of all time. Is it Michael Jordan or is it LeBron James? And I, I lean towards LeBron James because if the question is, who is the greatest basketball player that ever lived? I think it's LeBron James. Because being such a hybrid type of a gift, he could do everything. Like, he's probably going to go down, like, in the top 10 in rebounds, assists, and scoring. And that's unprecedented. Before he leaves the NBA, he may be the leading scorer of all time um, in front of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. That would be phenomenal. And then being top 10, top 5 in assists? Like, and get this, 
for him to be so high on the scoring list and him not really be a scorer, I think that that's amazing. And you can attribute some of that to his longevity, but even his longevity is a feat by itself as well. 17 years in the NBA and still, I'm not going to say it's your prime, but at least effective or, you know, like, talk aboutable. Usually people have faded into irrelevancy, into the darkness of the uh, 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 the darkness of the dusk of their gift, and we no longer talk about them. But we're still talking about LeBron James. He is still leading the conversation in the NBA, and so I think all of those things attribute to him being the greatest basketball player of all time. But if you're asking me who's the greatest champion of all time, and I'm not talking about you know, because you can talk about Bill Russell and you can talk about uh, even Robert Horry and all of these people that have a, a whole bunch of championships. But if you're talking about who's the greatest scorer, who's the greatest, I'm talking about just, if you're, if you're saying who's the greatest all-around basketball player, I'm going to say LeBron James. But if you're going to say who is the greatest player the NBA has ever seen, who's the greatest champion, right, the NBA has ever seen, I'm probably going to go with Michael Jordan, and then I'm probably going to go with Kobe Bryant, and then I'm probably going to go with LeBron James, just because of the story, and just because of, because of his trajectory coming into the league at 19, so forth and so on. So yeah, I'm starting to kind of amend my perspective, because you, for me, you can't be the GOAT, and you ain't, you ain't got that fight in you, or that hunger in you. But honestly, me kind of pensively um, processing this philosophy has convicted me on my own disposition because I think I'm like LeBron James. I think I'm greatly gifted. And many of you, I think, you know, you, you may feel like you're greatly gifted, you're greatly talented, like you have all of these ideas, you, you're, you're a mastermind and all this, but you don't really have the get it done in you. Right? You don't really have that fight to finish in you. You start a project, you don't finish it. You got all of these ideas, but you never you know, follow through on them. And maybe I'm starting, starting not to like LeBron James because he reminds me of me. And we love people to uh, aspire to, right? Like we love people that inspires us to be our greatest selves. But what happens when you find out your superhero is human? What happens when you find out the person that you've looked up to is more like you than you think or than you thought? It's the dichotomy of divinity and humanity. I think about Jesus Christ. Like you're walking on water, you're healing the blind, but you still get frustrated that you turn over tables at the temple. You still get tired to the point that you're 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 asleep in a boat, and I'm talking about I'm talking about you snoring sleep. It's a storm outside, bro. <laughs> like what happens when divinity and humanity collide, and you find out that you're anointed, but you're annoying. You're gifted, but you're still rough around the edges. And I know we live in a society that says, so what? If you rough around the edges, it don't matter. Just be you. Be you. Be true to you. Shut up. Shut up. 
If we were all fine the way we were, there would be no reason to aspire to be anything more or greater or better or wiser. So we all have growth. And growth is not always just in the mental space. Growth many times can be in the physical space. You may need to work out. Growth may be in the character space or the moral space. You may need to stop cussing as much as you cuss. Now, the reason I want to cuss on this podcast is because if you know me, I'm not a cusser. But some of this stuff will make you cuss people out. I'm driving fast, so if you can hear the wind and all this stuff, I apologize. But <clears throat> So, yeah, sometimes you do need to change. And, and I think that LeBron James... Like, when I watch him and I listen to the commentary, I think everybody says the same thing. Hey, bro, you need to get aggressive. You need to fight. You need to be about it. You need to be hungry. And it doesn't seem like he's coachable. Like, literally, I've seen him play the same since 2012. His game has not evolved. Now, when I say evolve, he's gotten worse with free throws. Now, 2016... 17, 18, uh, arguably he put up some of the best stats in his career. So I'm not saying that he's not improving his game, but he's just getting better at doing what he's always done. That's not innovation. That's not innovation. Like this first game, October the 22nd, 2010, this first game, 2010, 2019, excuse me, this first game uh, between the Lakers and the Clippers, I thought that I was going to see, okay, this is how he's going to play with Anthony Davis, and this is going to be the secret sauce. We're going to see kind of how they're going to play together, but they really didn't play together. He just kind of played the way he always played, and Anthony Davis had to fit in where he fitted in. And that's what I'm afraid of about our current generation. Like, the church is in a season of transitioning leadership. Like the fathers and the generals, the pastors that we see today, they're going to be no more in the next five to ten years. And we're going to see a new generation of Joshua's uh, that rise to power. And I'm afraid that we have these Davids that have so looked up to Saul for so long that the moment they get an opportunity, they're going to do it the way Saul would do it. I said this to somebody. It's like we got Saul's mind in David's body. That's what this new generation of leaders look like. They look new because they got skinny jeans, but they got the same mind. They're they're just as abusive. They're just as hypocritical, holier than thou. They'll send you to hell for what they're doing. And it's like, how long are we going to recycle the same system before we realize it don't work? LeBron, how long are we going to recycle the same system? It didn't work in Cleveland. It hardly worked in Miami. Like the reason, the reason Miami worked is because LeBron was more forced into a system. Pat Riley wasn't gonna have LeBron just doing what you what he wanted to do. But the moment he went back to Cleveland and he had all the power, he did what he wanted to do. Like entitlement, I can't stand. Arrogance, I can't stand. So, yeah, I'm a little annoyed. And maybe, get this, maybe it's going to change. I'm not going to lie. And y'all hear it here first. 
the same feeling I had, I think, in 2016 when, when Cleveland won the championship. Like, I knew they were going to win. No matter how good uh, Golden State was, no, even though they were down 3-1, literally, I told people, hey, I think the Lakers are winning the championship this season. And they won. And the same feeling I had then, I'm, I'm, I'm driving past a truck, the same feeling I had then, I have this year. I really think that they can win it all. I really, really think that they can win it all. But Kawhi is a beast. Clippers looking good. So, yeah. I just wanted to come on here and <clears throat> just talk about LeBron James type of leadership. Like, don't hype us up to let us down. Don't overpromise and underdeliver. Like, don't prophesy and do all this and then I get to your church and it's witchcraft. Like, you was talking good in my DMs. I'm a prophet to the nations and, and God going you. And then I get there and it's like, bro, this ain't nothing. What are we building? What are we doing? And that's what I, I never want that to be what people say about me. And sometimes I do think because I'm busy and because I'm, I'm doing so much stuff, I don't have a chance to many times cast the vision that I want to cast and really get people to understand the timeline of the vision coming to pass. Because sometimes people can feel like just because we're in this season or in this stage where we are, we're always going to be. And no, I, I think that every stage has significance. Every stage has a purpose. And yeah, I like to use the season for all it is. So if it's a resting season, I'm a rest. If it's a reinvention season, I'm a reinvent. Um, but I'm never, I'm never, I don't ever feel pressure from people to speed up. Like if I don't feel like doing it, I'm not gonna do it. Look how long it took me to get this podcast going. So, yeah. <clears throat> what is the lesson? The lesson is sometimes. Our superheroes are not as super as we think they are. It doesn't change their ability to inspire us. It doesn't change their ability to motivate us and to get us to see the greatness in ourselves and to get us to see the greatness of our own gift. Um, it, doesn't, it doesn't mean that they're not skilled and talented. It doesn't mean that they're not otherworldly. It doesn't mean that they're not just as supernatural as you thought they were. They might be. But, well, let me say this. Number one, I think it should show you the beauty of humanity and the greatness of humanity. That, that people can be greatly flawed and still be greatly gifted. And I think that's a lesson for us all. But I think it's also a lesson, don't put your trust in man. Like, just because somebody is gifted doesn't mean that they're perfect. Like, hear me, just because somebody can call out your name and phone number... Don't mean that they're perfect. Sometimes the excellency of a person's gift may make you feel like they're just a good person. That's See, that's the dichotomy of giftedness or gifting, right? Is that um, the more gifted you are, the more people think that you're, you're as good as your gift. And sometimes it's quite the opposite. So, yeah. This has been another episode of the Angry Pastor Podcast. Hopefully you got something from 
uh, these last couple of minutes. I want you to share this with somebody. Thank you guys so much for your support. Uh, thank you for subscribing. And do me a favor. I need you to share this. Tell somebody about it. Uh, because I think this is going to really help so many people. So many pastors. So many parishioners. Uh, I think it's going to give them a platform to express themselves. And to really emote. <clears throat> And I think that that's going to uh, overall increase the health of the church. And so thank you guys so much for joining. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Uh, remember this, be angry, but sin not. All right. Love you guys. See you guys next time. Bye-bye.